It's time for the Overtime Hockey Podcast, presented in part by American Family Insurance. We protect what you've achieved so you can fearlessly pursue your dreams. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Find the support you need at amfam.com. Also presented by Tradition Companies. You can find them at traditionco.com. As many of you know, Tradition Company works, lives, and reinvests in our community. They're a great family-owned business offering a one-stop shop for all your home financing needs. From new home construction, land development, mortgage, banking, and wealth management services, Tradition has the solution for you. They are vested in our community, and they are vested in you. Check them out at traditionco.com. That's traditionco.com. We're going to get into today's show for you, and it's going to be a really good one. Obviously, right now, you hear the bands in the background starting the opener here from the Minnesota State Girls High School Hockey Tournament. We're in the midst of the first and second period featuring Cloquet, Esco, Carlton, and War Road. And it's the Lumberjacks that have the 2 to nothing lead uh, against War Road, which, surprise, no, not really. I mean, when you have... Uh, a team as deep as Cloquet, Carlton, they have a, an opportunity. They've got some uh, talent up front, so it's been a good game there. In today's show, we're going to have a uh, post-game wrap. Vidina's win over the Wyzetta Trojans. Joining us uh, will be Jerry Burrow from the Hockey Connection and Bart Archer, of course, from our very own MNHockey.tv. We're also going to delve a little bit further into what the uh, rest of the sections are looking like. and you know, Everything goes so fast. Half the teams are out by Thursday. Then you're down to a third, maybe even less, of the teams that are playing for section championships the following week. So things go very, very fast. Uh, We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to hear from Josh Kern from My Edge Hockey as uh, he's going to talk about all of the great things regarding My Edge Hockey training and what he does. Great partner here with the mnhockey.tv without further ado let's head to segment one with bart archer jerry burrow and yours truly it's a very special edition of the overtime hockey podcast we're excited to bring this from mccoy's public house here in st louis park along with jerry burrow and bart archer i am pete wagner and we're kind of doing a bit of a this is a part three in our series of Recaps for the Edina Hornets and the Wyzetta Trojans. By the way, that got a lot of listens, Bart. We kind of lit it up. I, I have no idea. I haven't had a chance because everybody's texting me about the game. Okay, so <laughs> let's start there. First of all, Edina plays Wyzetta 5-4 overtime win. Insane game. Both teams had their chances. I think Wyzetta was really better in the uh, overtime period, but Edina got a break there, and they had a super talented freshman, Jimmy Clark, that finished. But before we get into all of that, it's it's like, okay, it's not streaming. It's not, okay? So you have to come to the game, and you have to watch it. Then if you don't come to the game, what do you do, Jerry? I'll tell you what. You better get in your car and get over he there. Text Bart. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's how yeah, you do yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. text Bart. Yeah, nice deflection, by the way. Yeah, you, you text Bart and you say, what's the score? No, I had the same thing going, like, with eight different, you know, and it was just like, just come out. Well, what happens when Bart uh, sees that Edina's behind four to three? His mood was changing. Yes, it was. But then again, 
Little Jimmy Clark, you know, awesome, came back and got it 4-4. And then who scores in overtime? The child, Jimmy Clark. Like Pete always says, he's only a child. Well, he's this, like 12. He's like child, 15. He, you know what? This child was pretty good I, tonight, I'll I, say. I, I say that. I say that in all reverence and respect because I think sometimes it's easy to take a ninth grader like that and sometimes heap a lot of pressure on a super talented player. And then when you do that, that creates some really bizarre expectations. So I like to remind people that this is a young kid, man. And, right. uh, but his skill tonight was uh, the best I've seen of him all year, Bart. And I think uh, he took over and he took a really good wise at a team and kind of put them back on their heels. Well, indeed he did. In fact, there was one play where he, in, in the scoring area, he danced through three players and almost put a really good offering yeah. on on uh, Benello, but uh, the the thing that impressed me the most was just the, the game-winning goal. It wasn't a cheapie. It was a good, clean goal. Picked a corner just under the Except bar. Except for the offsides part of it. Well, yeah. that's 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 a point of contention. I'm sure Coach O'Leary would like <laughs> well, to have a moment. I'm sure I have to just moment. go watch the illegal video on him and, or on the Youth Hockey Hub, and uh, you can see it right there. Did you say illegal? They wouldn't do well, that you one. can't film games no, live. Uh, illegal. No, but he was, he was very impressive tonight. But there were a lot of Edina players that were impressive uh, tonight. But uh, Loudon Oak, not one of his best performances, but he was still very good. He's one of the reasons why they still contend. Coming off a 104-degree temperature that peaked uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, so he wasn't really feeling right. But I thought he was actually, I was telling Dave, I said uh, to Williger, I thought he was really good uh, with some battle stuff down low off the posts. He didn't bail on stuff, and he made some really firm saves. Yeah, I was kind of surprised on Kurt Giles' game plan to start the game. He went with only 4D the whole game, and I tell you what, that was a war out there, especially that second and third period. Wasetta came back and that, and I don't know how those D would hung in there with the way those forwards were forechecking and that. And um, another thing I noticed that Kurt did the first uh, half of the first period, he he was going one two one two one two three like you know. For a while there, and I thought, holy cow, is he going to tire these kids well, out? And then he went one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three yeah. for quite a while. And then but when the they first half of that and, first yeah, yeah, period, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then I, I thought, the, you know, you mentioned the defenseman, and, and this is a kid who doesn't get a lot of uh, acknowledgement. But the growth and development of Wyatt Worst, I think, on the blue line has been really marked, and I think it's been—I think he's really mature in his game. He—you uh, can tell his father was a defenseman and a coach because he doesn't throw it around and panic. He makes a quick, smart play every time. Well, and he's the kind of defenseman that can round it out. He plays very well with Gunnar Johnson, and they're a good tandem. So, following over the Boltman Williams uh, to come back with with. Uh, that duo is pretty formidable. Well, watching those four guys get pounded by a Wyzetta team that is big, heavy, and strong. But Wyzetta was good tonight. Well, in the second period, like Jerry uh, referred to, uh, they went with four defensemen, and that's the long line change. So a lot of times they got caught out there with some some pretty heavy legs. So Edino's pretty fortunate, but Wyzetta took advantage of it and tied the game. The power play uh, for Edina could have sealed the game at 3 nothing, in my opinion, up 2 nothing, And it's just been uh, something that hasn't really clicked for them so far and I, I don't know why that well I think I do but I'm you know who am I to get into it but in in the end I think that if you want to get to the next step Jerry you've been very close to the Duluth East Greyhounds throughout the years and that's been something that uh, Mike Randolph has worked on with kids from squirts on up everybody knows exactly what he wants to have executed from from that from an X's and O perspective 
and it right. makes a difference. It, it can win you games. Mike always has his teams ready for playoffs, but this is probably the first year with so many different things going on. But I'll tell you one thing with Mike. If he sees a kid nervous, a younger kid, he plays a lot of young kids, ninth and 10th graders sometimes. And then when the playoffs start, he might not play them right away that first period because they're nervous. These kids are nervous. It's a and, whole uh, different feel in yes. that building, isn't it? And not, you have to give credit for that young line, that second line for Edina, the way they played tonight. But I'll tell you what, that second line for Wazetta and that number 12 Snyder, I Ooh, mean, I thought he, he I thought, I thought he had, he played well, a really great good. game. Yeah, th- that goal he scored was was special as he went up high with it. Uh, came out of a battle and uh, got a good shooting angle. But that wasn't his only scoring chance. He had a ton. Right. And plus, uh, the D really picked it up, I thought, after the first period for Wazetta. But they were they were working that puck low and everything, mm-hmm. those D and that, you know. So, they, I mean, these kids have to be exhausted with a game like this. Well, I just thought there was a lot more room in the neutral zone for uh, YZ to to manage their way, and they get uh, in the Adina zone with speed. I thought Adina would be a little bit more positionally sound and challenge a little bit more, but YZ did a lot of good things. I'm sure their hearts are pretty heavy tonight just uh, after suffering a loss when I thought overall they were the better team tonight. One of the things that I thought of before the game started was how rare is that to see programs such as Edina and Wyzetta playing in a 4-5 right, game yeah. with, with someone going home? Usually that's reserved for a section final. Not this year. And then I fast-forwarded it to, man, it's too bad that one of these two teams have to go. And then as the game was playing out, I'm thinking, and I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but this is a really high-level hockey game where, you know, I think... A lot of these teams that have been perennial powerhouses and perpetual uh, contenders have been kind of chirped at a little bit, you know. It's a change of the guard, whatever you want to call it. But I think in the end, a lot of these teams have uh, shown who they really are. And I thought that was as that was a section final feel to me. Right. That game was that well played. Plus, uh, cultural Larry, I can see he comes into Braemar and there, you know, and he probably wasn't happy that he had to play the game down in Braemar. Why would you be? And uh, but I think. Even during that first period, I think he didn't like a lot of the calls, you know, penalties and some well, they, icing, they some icing and that. Yes, I believe that too. And we did have a four-man crew. But I'm saying that they had a four-man crew too. When it was two, um, when it was two-one, and then uh, number 19 for Edina came in there and got a beautiful goal there. Oh yeah, that goal, yeah. And I thought, I think this game is over at that point. But, but two then nothing. It, it was sag time. That. Was that a team? I, I give them all the credit in the world to make they that. Battled. They made that a they game. They're a tough, tough, hard team to play a against. Blue-collar team, you know. Thank you, Javier. We are at McCoy's Public House here in lovely St. Louis Park, Minnesota. It's kind of become Bart's watering hole. Yeah, I don't get out much, but when choice. I do, uh, this, is, this is where I come. No, I just after uh, after a nice game of high school hockey in the sections, just come out and uh, enjoy a beverage. So how about Eden Prairie struggling with Shakopee? Four to one final. I mean, yeah, you get scoreboard watch, whatever. But it was one one for a while. So maybe they're saving it. Maybe Lee's saving it. Well, I guess that. the Red Knights are too because they were they won six four over the Academy of Holy Angel Stars. It was four three. A win's a win. So but what's the matchup on uh, Saturday for six double A? Uh, six double A is is uh, Blake and Edina, okay. and it's Benelde St. Margaret's and Creighton Durham Hall who won six three. Uh, in their game against, against a little Edina. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Edina's become <laughs> Edina's becoming the favorite. I, 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 
I wouldn't want to play. Not, not the favorite. No, they're becoming the uh, the darlings. No, I, truthfully, if I'm Blake, the what I said to Dave Twilliger after the game is, I wouldn't want to be anybody to play your team the way they play. They played with tempo, pace, purpose. They almost looked a little bit bored in January as a group. They didn't look bored tonight. No, in fact, they didn't. I think they match up pretty well against a, a very good Blake team as well. But uh, we knew this section was going to be a little muddy. It's starting to play out kind of the way that we thought. This game was uh, obviously uh, a consideration because it could have been gone either way. But I like the matchups that are coming up. I think Creighton Durham Hall is going to give uh, a kind of a helter-skelter Benilde St. Margaret's team all they can handle. I think Benilde St. Margaret's is one of the best teams in the state, but it's just which team is going to show up. Uh, they are. They're so deep and so talented. And then, you, you, you know, you, you see one night where you just go, wow, this is as good a hockey team as you're going to see. And then another night it's like, well, where did they go? Yeah, and Creighton earlier played over at the Tria. You know, they beat uh, Benilde. Who are very injured. They right. Three key guys out. But they've been, every team's going to have injuries too. So I'll be, that'll be an interesting game because uh, Creighton, all they, everyone talks about one player only, you know. What kind of team are they really? Is it just a Matt Gleason you hear that team? All the time. Is it, but yeah. is it more of that, you know? Is it. Well, it has to be if they want to go further. And um, I'm sure. Coach Funk and his group are saying, you know what, we're better than what we were seated. We're a little bit, you know. And we got more players than Matt Gleason. Yes, well, now it's, now it's show me time. You go to Missouri. Yep, and indeed it is. But I'm sure that sometimes getting a lower seed than maybe you thought or hoped can be a pretty good motivator. Get the little chip on the shoulder. Not that they needed going into section play, but I think I think that is going to be one of the one of the remarkable or rememberable team Ooh. games. Sorry. That was uh, a good one. I struggled a little bit. <laughs> but I think that's going to be one of the more memorable, ga- memorable games yet. See? Cut me off. Uh, Jerry, get lifts for me, would you please? <laughs> <laughs> it's Uber night. Uh, <laughs> I've had three sips and I can't talk now. <laughs> three sips of a Coke, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I have these at home in my fridge. But, no, I just think that the, the Crete Nurem Hall Benil St. Margaret game is a game that if you can make it out, watch it, because I think it's going to be very memorable. And yeah, on, on Saturday, another um, Section 2 AA, I think the Eden Prairie and Tonka game. I mean, uh, if I wasn't Both up north, if I wasn't up north, I would like to see that. Why game. wouldn't you? Why aren't? Why are you up there? I, uh, mean, I, I thought you'd be here for no, Saturday. I got I to see some good A games too. I think uh, Greenway and Denfeld is going to be a good uh, A game. You, you like Denfeld there, though, don't you? Well, I have to go with that. That's my city. But I mean, <laughs> there. The, but but Greenway. Has struggled. Yeah, but they're coming on. Okay, they're coming on. And what's the key? What's, what's changed? Too. Okay, they had injuries like Benel. I, I, everybody has been hurt and sick. To my recollection, more than any other campaign guys that I can ever recall, and it's been really hard to get a true gauge on everything. One of the sections, though, that I got to throw out there. You and I talked about this yesterday, Jerry. It's the four, oh. and that's a why. It's just it's wild. Um, you you can make a case for Hill Murray, absolutely. I can you, know, you can make a case for Stillwater, who I like, and you know what, White Bear Lake absolutely tripped and fell at the end of the year, but it's still White Bear Lake, and they're mm-hmm. talented. Mm-hmm. Where in the world does that section go, boys? Those three. I mean, it's I know, always that three. You, if you're to, if you're for to say, years and years. If you're to say we got to go with one, who's it going to be? No. I, I'm going with Stillwater, just because 
I don't know. Just um, white bear. I don't know. They it's just a find hunch. a way. They find a way to play bad at the end of the year, or even if they get to the state, they can never win that first game. Oh, Stillwater. Yeah. I saw one of the best games in high school hockey about three, four years ago. Uh, three years ago, I think it was when uh, Kate scored that overtime goal against Hill, and it was a great defense oh, yeah. of uh, the goalies played great. And that was it was amazing. on ESPN that goal that Kate scored. Jackson. Yeah, another one Jackson, that was but, illegally uh, filmed Noah. because it was a sexual game. But anyway, um, <laughs> by another group. Uh, but we'll just leave it at that. But but you know, um, but then you think about Bart. Um, that memorable White Bear Lake uh, comeback against uh, Hill Murray in the overtime game, and you know I don't know, it was about 2011-ish. You know, so there's, yeah, there's been some beauties, but um, there was something I saw in Stillwater this year, uh, especially at Eden Prairie. There's a toughness and grit that I hadn't seen that team illustrate, but uh, display before. And Greg Zanin was there last year as an assistant coach. This is a new, right? But they totally took on his personality. And they were simple, to the point, and skilled at the same time. I'm thinking of them. I'm going, ooh, they're a playoff team. I don't disagree with that. I think Hill's coming out of that section. To me, it starts with coaching and goaltending. That's And they have both those boxes checked. They're solid defensively, plus they have a lot of guys that can finish plays, too. So I just think Hill Murray, uh, It's the stage isn't too big for him. I don't. I'm not disrespecting White Bear Lake. I, I think it will be Stillwater uh, against Hill Murray, but I think Hill Murray will prevail. I, I agree with three. I, I think Keppel might be the game changer there because we watched him shut down Edina two games in a row, and he is a difference maker. But here's the thing. Hill has um, – uh, what's, what's the goalie's name? Um, Keppel. 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 He's one of the best ones in the state. But White Bear – White Bear – has Stefan played a great year? Yeah, I mean that's Scott Stefan's kid. Yeah, that coaches uh, Roseville. Yeah, and but they have two forwards. They're they're the kind of player when the big game comes on, rolled and rolled and rolls. Okay, the R and R boys. And when uh, the big games come on, they play pretty good hockey. So when the lights, when the bright lights come up, they yeah. come out to play. So. Yeah, I can see some good games. With it's going to be Stillwater and White Bear, probably for sure. Yeah. Unless there's a major upset. Yeah, I mean, four, so yeah, the four is so that semifinal game might be a big game to go do, see. Do you think that Rozo is going to have anything in the end for Moorhead? I mean, I know STMA is in there. What do you think? They played War Road twice and beat them, but those they, are pretty big. But wins. they don't. We're, they, we're but they don't play good against Moorhead. So maybe the third what is time with the, the Mariucci Conference? It's really bizarre because East Grand Forks might have a number on uh, Rozo or War right. Road, and then you know uh, Moorhead owns Rozo. What is with their rivalries? They're different for sure. Right. I, you know what? You, you're talking about eight AA, but you're talking about rivalries. Oh, I, you but, know, I wasn't even talking in the section. I was just talking in the conference. But, yeah. So, I mean, you have Class A and Class AA yeah, teams right. where you could be a Class A team and you own one of those AA teams. Right. And vice versa. It, it, it's all over the map. It's bizarre. It's it's a fun little conference. And it's probably they, these kids know each other because they play yeah. hockey all the time. Not overwhelmed. I mean, because it's not too many teams in the area. 
So they know each other like they're brothers and sisters. Well, and, and, uh, <laughs> well that's kind of like, you know, when you take District uh, 6 and District 3, all these guys know each other from 6, Edina, Wysetta, right. Eden Prairie. It's like, oh, that guy, I'm sick of him. You know, that, 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 you're not as in awe of things. Now, there's one thing that I did say. I want to throw this out playoff-wise. And I do think in a weird way, players play, coaches coach. But there's also something that can be said. The Dino Hornets played a completely different game with their confidence. With they look like Hornets, and it's weird. I can't define it, but you know what I'm saying? When you put the sweater over your shoulder, you're at the playoffs. You don't think about what your record, what, it doesn't matter. And and I think that can also have a bit of an effect on the other team. I'm not saying it's just Edina. But I'm saying there's teams that have had that success where it's worth something. Well, I think it comes down to the one-on-one battles. If Edina is playing Edina Hornet hockey, they're contesting the one-on-one battles with everything that they have. And when they're not, they get a little bit more passive. Tonight we saw the drive and the will to, to win the battles and fight through checks. And if they're not doing that, that's, they're not playing Hornet hockey. So do, do you buy into my theory that when you put that sweater over your shoulder and the playoffs are here, you get uh, a little bit of a different attitude, a little different edge? Well, and think about it. I mean, uh, you win, you move on. You lose, you go home, and you don't play anymore with your with, with the seniors and stuff. So, yeah, the finality, absolutely. But anybody that pulls on a high school sweater is going to – that's why it's my favorite level. You get 100% effort regardless of the sweater you put on. Mark kind of poo-pooed my theory. But uh, Edina, <laughs> see, didn't to. one thing about Edina, they always seem to have a kid or two kids that come through that you don't even notice them all year long, and all of a sudden the playoffs well, start. Well, like what happens in the and, NHL. Uh, and they, where in the hell oh, do they come oh from? Oh, my word. The toys are in the house. This is going to wrap up. All right. I think this is going to wrap the show up. Um, We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, I'm going to hear from Josh Kern from My Edge Hockey and MyEdgeHockey.com. We're excited to bring on the director of hockey ops and, of course, player development as well. He is Josh Kern of My Edge Hockey. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining us here today. And uh, we've got plenty to talk about. And uh, we're excited to talk about uh, hockey and everything involved with you and the great development that you're doing with players. Sounds good, Pete. Let's get it going. Let's roll, buddy. Okay, so you've obviously uh, been involved in hockey for quite a long time, and uh, you uh, come from the uh, Alaska Anchorage area, if I'm correct, uh, and uh, you grew up playing hockey and went on to play for Dubuque and uh, Minnesota State Mankato, uh, and then on to the uh, East Coast Hockey League as well. So you've got a a nice, uh, robust uh, background in the game, and I'm sure you've had a lot of people that have influenced uh, how you play the game and now how you coach it. So can you kind of take us through your journey as to how you've gotten to where you are today? So growing up from Alaska, um, I played with Alaska All-Stars my last year there, winning uh, the Tier 1 U-17 uh, championships. Um, and really from there on, you know, my coach got me to Dubuque, USHL, and um, I played with a really good player, Scott Gomez. Actually, a lot of players from Alaska, but uh, my linemate was Scott Gomez. Wow. And I learned a lot. Great player. I played with him for four years. Uh, we just kind of went different different routes. So, um, you know, I went the college route. He went to BC and then the dub and straight to pro. But um, I learned a lot off him. I uh, was one of those players that just, you know, was in the corners grinding a lot. But um, learned a lot, uh, moved on, uh, received a scholarship, Minnesota State, and then um, the pro levels. Uh, and then I just, to be honest, just 
ended up with a career ending injury. And I found my niche in training hockey players. And so how's that been for you so far in training hockey players? Obviously you've been able to keep in the game, something that you love and what have been the, the, the best things that you've evolved as, as a, as a coach and a trainer? Just modern training, really staying up to date, uh, utilizing the new techniques out there and implementing that in my instruction. Um, and it's, it's, it's an eye-opening challenge for myself and just kind of staying up to date with that technology. Well, what do you, more of a passion. What do you do in terms of keeping up? Because, you know, you know, technology obviously plays into it as well as technique. And so there's uh, kind of a blending of things. What do you do to gather in and how do you find these new ways of uh, learning and teaching? You know, it's, again, found my niche. <laughs> oh, it's no, a, um, it's the I, secret sauce. Okay, gotcha. No, it's it's I, I you know I don't know I don't learn off anybody else. Um, I'm just kind of a professor, if you will, uh, in my field of work. Um, I do stay up to date with technology um, with um, um, a guy named Matt that works at a General Sports in Edina. He keeps me up to date with all the new gear specs coming out, and I provide that to my uh, athletes that are training with me, but, um, there's a lot to it with technology, the gear specs of it, you know, just from your skate profile, um, the flex, the curve of your stick that matches your individual style of play. Um, I've got to stay up to date with it and I've got to provide these athletes with the terminologies, the techniques and kind of combine that all together. So when you define your philosophy with all of these elements that you put together, it seems like it's really almost personalized for each player in a way. Is, is that a fair assumption on my part? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a fresh and modern approach. Um, you know, you treat every player differently, but you still have to provide the proper techniques, terminologies, and you kind of you want to combine all that in, in, in an in-game uh, scenario to teach them what they're actually learning in a game. What are some of the things that you have found from the first day that you've started with training players and coaching to where it is today? What have been the, the biggest um, evolutions and how has the game evolved and changed over the time you've been doing this? There, there is a lot, Pete. Um, for, for example, uh, a wrist shot, right? So 10 years ago, you know, uh, just an average coach would say shoot off your back foot, you know, wind up for a wrist shot, use your heel to the mid toe and shoot it. Today's curves have changed. Everything's from the mid to the toe. You actually shoot off your front foot now for a quick release. And that goes from your toe to the middle of the blade of your stick. And it's a complete game changer. Can you imagine trying to teach a squirt how to shoot off their front foot? And that blade is targeted towards the heel. Uh, it's not going to work at all. It's going to flutter the puck, and it's just not going to go off the blade properly. So there's there's a lot to the mix. That so so these are things where you, you, to to be able to communicate this and and use results. I'm sure you do a lot of video too as well, uh, capturing oh, yeah. these players, and that's really great feedback for them too, right? Oh, real time video analysis, instant results, um, and it's great because kids learn it, the visual learning portion of it, and it transfers over to their games. It's truly amazing. Um, but there, you know, there, there's a lot of techniques um, that are incorporated in today's modern game. I mean, it's just the terms are different from 10 years ago up till now. 
Uh, and they're re- really a great spot to go for them is with you. And, and one of the things you do, you do individualized group and team training as well. And you go all the way from uh, might up to the NHL level. Uh, you, you're, you're not discerning there. You'll work with any type of player. And I think I think that's kind of a testament to you because a lot of, a lot of people want to niche it out to a certain level or group. And uh, you're open to anything. And that's that's got to keep you fresh as well, too. Yes, it's – yeah, I mean – I don't want to be that guy, but you know, I can be presented on the ice and train any age, any level. And again, it's, it's just knowing what to do um, per age and skill um, specifics, uh, technique breakdown um, and what to implement on the ice right then and there. Uh, You can do practice plans, but I mean, if, if you're a mite, you know, you have to work on specific skating techniques versus uh, bantam. Um, but there's again, there's a lot, there's a lot to the mix when you're out there with an NHL player, because um, you've got to figure out his job role, specific techniques, what he's, what he's good at, what he's not good at, and really break those things down. And it's and you need to see that on a screen because at the end of the day, you've got to be able to do that in the game. So you, you also mentioned 360 player profiling and modern technology along with digital homework. Can you talk on those two items? Yeah, so if, if someone sent me a, a, a game in-game video of their player, I look at everything from the length of the stride, um, your edge work, the proper uh, length of steel on your skate. You know, if you don't if you don't have enough steel on your toe, you're not going to have a good start. You can't change speeds as, as fast and correctly um, from the the stick lie to the curve to the to the new gear specs. I mean, like you have to have the proper equipment, um, especially for your job on the ice, you know? Um, but you want to pretty much break down that player's profile with their game positioning, what they're good at as far as skills, you know, what they're not doing. And, you know, one of the main techniques is just a wrist shot or uh, a quick release. I mean, it, there's a, there's an, an age and level where you can teach, start teaching the quick release after mites and, but then you have to perfect the wrist shot. And that's one of the main skills parents, coaches, you know, just don't know. So again, you, you, you've got to be doing this honestly for a living teaching for a living. And it, it does take time to learn, but again, just staying up to date with the technology is, is truly challenging, but it's, again, it comes down to passion. What has been your favorite part about coaching? What's that? What's the what's the favorite part about of coaching for you? What's been the most rewarding part of it? Well, just seeing seeing the players develop and with their skills and see it transfer over to the games. I mean, ultimately, that's what every every uh, parent wants in their athlete. What what are they going to do in a game? What are they learning? You know, mm-hmm. um, you could go through a year of mites not do your backwards skating backwards crossovers and then your your kids playing on you know in a, in a defensive situation where you've got to skate backwards you know just just applying the skills learned into a game that's that that's the satisfying part of my job and then i i would be remiss to mention you also work with goaltenders too that's a big part of what you do too we don't want to leave them out either as well right yes um brennan parter's day uh, runs our goaltending and uh, we're working with him this spring, summer, training our goalies. 
So he does provide a staff too. But yes. Okay, great. Well, we don't want to forget about them. And then you, you also have a, a big showcase tournament coming up in April. Can you talk on that a little bit? So we have our own showcase tournament coming up, Minnesota Ultimate Showcase Tournament. Um, it's it's invite only for elite hockey players. Um, we have teams coming from all over the world, essentially, and um, – we want to make sure that it's at that triple elite level and that'll be uh, April 24th to the 26th in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're going to go out of the Trier rink. That's where the wild practice, as you know, um, again, the tournament, uh, it's five games guaranteed. It's from U18 to 2012s. That's three 15 minute periods. Um, awards in, uh, will be handed out this kind of hotels once you register uh, it's going to be a really good tournament we've got um my hockey teams in right now we do have uh AAA teams coming from outside uh, minnesota and we do have the minnesota blades attending as well right now wow so you've but, got you've got a nice uh nice menu of clubs coming in that's awesome oh yeah it's going to be awesome well, we're going to be streaming those as well for you, too, at the MNHockey.tv, so we'll have it on full showcase. For you know, a lot of kids that come from out of town, maybe one parent comes with, and then for the rest of the family members and grandparents back home, they'll be able to take in these games as well, which uh, we're excited to be able to bring uh, in April, which will have a lot of great energy. It's going to be a fun weekend. Awesome. Uh, Josh, by the way, uh, we can find you at myedgehockey.com. And uh, this is uh, Josh Kern. That's world-class training with expert Josh Kern. And uh, the upcoming season, I'm sure, is going to be a good one for you. And uh, we appreciate your taking your time, and we're happy to have you on board as a partner. Thanks a lot, Peter. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Josh. That was Josh Kern from My Edge Hockey. Check him out at myedgehockey.com.